you know, I think it's a good time for me to start to incorporate at this moment, right? Because now it's becoming a little bit more serious. But let's say you're just making $400 a month. You're just trying and nobody's really signing up. If you incorporate at that time and you walk away, you cannot walk away anymore. Now you have to unwind and do all this paperwork with the state. So I always tell people this. Start a company on, on LegalZoom, 800 bucks. Hire me to wind it down, $2,500 plus a fee for every tax return I have to file. We've got a great episode for you, but first a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you in part by our friends at WeWork. The reason I chose to have an office at WeWork is based a lot on flexibility. I started a decade ago as a one-person company and now we have a growing team. WeWork has the space and budget for all my needs. From hot desks for one to a full office setup with multiple people, I can grow, scale up or down whenever I need. No long-term contracts, whatever I need. I also love the community and other small business and entrepreneurs who work here. It's super collaborative and everyone is in the same boat willing to help each other out. If you're interested in a tour, visit WeWork.com. Search by your city and zip code for WeWork near you. Now let's get back to our episode. Everyone, I'm Brian Elliott. Welcome to another episode of the show. Isai, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) I usually ask my guests, how did you get this job? Wow. Do you want to hear the origin story? Yes, or Okay. The origin story is basically um, when I was really young, um, four years old, my grandfather got a letter from the IRS and he was really freaked out. So my family's from El Salvador. They're refugees, but they're able to stay in this country because of Ronald Reagan. So they had refugee status. And so my grandfather had this letter from the IRS and toughest guy I've ever met in my life. And he was scared. And so I told my grandpa when I was four years old, when I grow up, I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to fight the government to protect my grandpa. And so I always had this advocate way of being. And so I actually grew up to be a tax attorney and I fight the government, tax court and audits and litigation. And that's sort of what I do. So that's where I got this sort of desire to be a tax lawyer. That's awesome. What was he afraid of? Was the the IRS coming for back taxes or did they say, hey, there's a discrepancy and we might want to... um do an audit or something? What was the deal? That's the interesting thing, right? So like, they didn't speak English. They had no idea what the letter was from. They had no idea what the government was coming after them. It probably was just a balanced due notice, but it was enough to freak people out, you know? And yeah. I think like, when people get these letters, it scares the heck out of them, whether you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, yeah. or you are just someone who works a nine to five job. Yeah, uh, testify, I will, I will, uh, <laughs> I will say that. Cause yeah, I, I used to get a lot of anxiety when I would, Get that letter. Oh no! And you're right. Sometimes it's it's totally imagined. It's like uh, we are just letting you know that we received your change <laughs> yeah, of ad- yeah. address. <laughs> you moved from this town to that yeah. town. Oh shoot! It's like yeah. you don't want anything. Or um, hey, there's new tax law, and you're actually getting a $600 child credit. Those are rare, but yes, those do happen, so especially in the new age. Look out for your bank account to get money from the government. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe it's not yeah. all bad news. Not always bad news, but. Probably usually it's either bad news, regular news, or in that case, good news. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you today because I think if you're a small business or an entrepreneur, taxes and getting all that sort of house in order is like one of the most important things you can do. Uh, We decided for lots of different reasons because we film on location and and we do this and that in different areas. We ended up um, from like sole prop uh, status to an S-corp, right. you know, a small corporation. Um, and there's all kinds of tax implications for that, sure, which sure. we don't need to go into. But what I want to know is, what are some of the common things that entrepreneurs may not know when they're first 
you know, setting out to do their thing. Oh my gosh, so many things, right? Yeah. To be honest, there's so many things that people don't know and entrepreneurs don't know, right? Well, so then if there's so many, let's prioritize some of the top ones or maybe some of the ones that are um, rarely identified or not commonly known. Okay. How's that? So how about I break down into there is more than just one tax. Okay. Because I think that's a sort of a really good... Um, stepping off point. Yeah, stepping off point, a really good lesson for people to learn up front instead of later on. Yeah. Right? So you have, I'm going to go down a list of different taxes that you have. Yeah. You have income tax, you have payroll tax, you have state tax, you have local tax, you can have sales tax. You have a number of different taxes that people don't understand they have, right? So if you're an S Corp, you technically don't have any income tax because it passes through to you personally. So things that people that own S Corps will say, well, I didn't take the money out. So then I shouldn't have to pay any tax, right? Wrong. <laughs> it's a pass-through entity, yeah. right? So whether you leave the money there or not, you're going to pay taxes on it, right? So that's something that people usually don't understand. Other things, if you are an S-Corp owner, you must pay yourself a reasonable salary. Right. So what does that mean, right? So that's something that you have to sort of figure out with your own either accountant or go through your own finances to figure out what is a reasonable salary for you, right? And there's some strategy there, I would say. Absolutely. Right? Like to air high or air low or right. somewhere in between. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, people. The number one thing that I like sort of see is like I don't know if you've ever seen LLC Twitter, and there's pretty much all bad takes. Okay, get start an LLC and deduct all your personal expenses. Oh, that hurts my soul. Yeah, because that's how people get in trouble, right? So they'll read something on Twitter or they'll see something on TikTok, and somebody's saying like, you know, if you start an LLC, you can do all these things, and I'm like, no, you can't. You can't do that, right? Like you have to have ordinary and necessary business expenses. Yeah. I mean, it can be confusing. One, because there's misinformation or maybe yeah. um, people who are misinformed. Yes, um, yes. But at the same time, you have people like Elon Musk saying, I just sold all my possessions. I'm moving into a house that costs $50,000. Right. Uh, at the same time, I think he paid the most income tax in US history, which is like $11 billion sure. this year. Yep. Uh, but I was listening to a podcast and they're sort of calling him out because they're like, well, wait a second, Elon, because last year and even the year before that, you paid zero dollars in income tax. Right. So what's the deal? And so ordinary people like you, like me, are thinking, I'm getting the shaft. <laughs> like, right. It doesn't feel fair. Right. Yeah. And so it's very confusing. Right. Frustrating. Yeah. I, I think sometimes what people don't understand is like the way that is structured yeah. is like there is another system for, for a different set of people. Yeah. Yeah. And so we don't get to play in that arena unless we make that kind of money. So you have someone like Elon Musk or someone like Donald Trump who has all these assets that they're able to depreciate. So there's really no income. You mentioned Trump, um, very polarizing name. Uh, I'm not arguing for or against, but the yeah. interesting thing to me was um, when he was first running for president, I started watching some of these Donald Trump documentaries. Sure. Just to sort of understand the guy, right? Yeah or get a, fee, a flavor for it. But um, the one thing that stood out to me when he was building everything he did in New York back in the 80s sure. is New York was in a lot of trouble. Financial trouble, the city was you know, dirty and there's a lot of homeless people, a lot of problems. Right. And so he came along and you know, had all these big plans to basically 
you know, rebuild the city. And he worked with the mayor really closely. Yeah. He got all these amazing tax breaks yeah. <laughs> for like 30 years. For, yeah. Now, uh, when the new mayor came, came in, I think it was uh, Mayor Koch, they didn't see eye to eye. Right. But the deal had already been done, and he had like 30 years of no taxes based on these credits that the city gave him sure. in order to build you know, all the things that he said he was going to build. And, and that's partly what sort of got him started on this road to success is all these financial breaks. Yeah, and I think people don't understand that. Like that's Elon Musk, and gosh, I know I would take so much crap for this, but he is successful with all these government subsidies. Yeah. So if anyone's living off the government at the finest, it's Elon Musk. Yeah, he's smart. He knows he's a to... smart gentleman, but yeah. at the same time, is it better for our sort of, uh, uh, um, for our economy? Is it better for our like, you know, for the environment? Perhaps, you know, but he definitely took that to the moon, yeah, you know? Literally. And so like, I mean, I have a Tesla, Freaking love my Tesla. Yeah. And I got all these tax breaks that are going to Elon Musk. Yeah. You know, that pays part of my car because of, yeah. of, of, of how smart he is, you yeah. know? So when I think about sort of like the equity that these gentlemen built, you know, uh, Donald Trump and Elon Musk. Or Bezos. You or know. Bezos. It, this, they, they aren't paying tax for a really good reason. And I, Elon Musk, once he exited his Tesla, uh, he paid his stock just like everyone else. Yeah. So he paid tax, paid for the stock, and that is the way the system works, right? So he yeah. doesn't take a salary, he lives off his other stuff, yeah. and that's, that's what it is, you know? So, yeah. uh, I mean, if we can live off whatever other stuff we have, then that'd be great, you yeah. know? But not, not a lot of us can. So how about the rest of us? So what should we be focused on? So, okay, you talk mm -hmm. about understanding there's multiple layers or categories for taxes, fine. Right. What's next? So I think it's important. So we come from entrepreneurs and small businesses, Here's the way I look at starting, right? So we'll go from the starting point, is do not incorporate, do not go through all the paperwork until you know this is what you wanna do. For example, you want to, and this is, I'm a lawyer, so I'm saying this from like experience. Let's say you wanna start, you're like, hey, you know like pandemic, all these buildings are opening back up, I'm gonna open up a janitor sort of service. All of a sudden, you have a couple people calling you. You went from making a couple thousand dollars a month, you're at like 8,000, right? All of a sudden your business is starting to grow. Yeah, and you adding, see it, you see it growing. You're adding people. You're adding people and you're like, okay, you know, I think it's a good time for me to start to incorporate at this moment, right? Because now it's becoming a little bit more serious. But let's say you're just making $400 a month. You're just trying and nobody's really signing up. If you incorporate at that time and you walk away, you cannot walk away anymore. Mm. Now you have to unwind and do all this paperwork with the state. So I always tell people this, start a company on, on LegalZoom, 800 bucks. Hire me to wind it down, $2,500 plus a fee for every tax return I have to file. Uh -huh, so okay. all of a sudden, it costs you $800 to go on LegalZoom. Total LegalZoom is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But now you want to unwind, that's going to cost you a lot more money. So I always say, be mindful before you incorporate, before yeah. the LLC, before the corporation. Be mindful that you know that this is something that you want to do for a period of time. Yeah, I'll even say before LegalZoom, um, I spent 23 bucks at the county clerk's office to file my fictitious Your DBA, yeah. name statement, <laughs> yeah. 23 bucks, I was in business. I took yeah. that to the bank, opened my business bank account, and I was a sole proprietorship. Yeah, and the sole 20, prop is cool. You can do that, that's a good idea. 25 bucks, yeah. you know. So 
That's that's a good way. Save money, <laughs> yeah. skip the eight hundred, go the twenty five dollar route, and that is exactly what I what I think is a great idea. Unless you're doing something that has a lot of liability, right? Then that's a different arena. Yeah. But if you're doing something that you're just trying to figure out whether you want to do this, that's the route to go. You know what? And I'll throw in my two cents. I am not a lawyer, but I am a practitioner. Yep. And I'll tell you from my experience. So in the beginning, I was doing a lot of photography, and um, what I did was I just got a um, general liability insurance policy. Yeah. I think it was like 40 bucks a month. Pretty reasonable for yep. what I was doing as a sole prop. And, and I, I had a GL insurance policy that covered me up to $2 million. That's crazy, that's, that's so good. And, and that's, you know, if someone slipped and fell, sure, or sure. You know, someone got hurt, something fell, or if something got stolen, I was covered up to $100,000 in my gear. And I'm telling you, for 40 bucks a month, I was in business doing, yeah. you know, real legit stuff. So you're right, you don't have to spend a ton of money at first. Right. I think that's great advice. Yeah. And I think, the, the, the next thing is, you know, once you start your operating in business is make sure you have like everything else in order, which would be like the bookkeeping, the accounting, the legal. Yeah. And this could be de minimis. You don't have to hire like a firm to do everything, but you want to make sure that you have that. So this is what I tell people. If you operate in this country, you must file a tax return. This isn't optional, right? right? For the federal government, maybe the states have something where if you don't make a certain amount, I don't know what every state does, but in, in our state of California, if you incorporate, you must file yeah. and pay the $800 plus right. whatever else you make over that amount, right? right, right if, right. if they require that. So I always tell people like, you know, make sure you have that in order because a lot of people, remember thousands of clients under my belt and talk to hundreds of people on the phone and people will say, well, I didn't make any money so I don't have to file. I'm like, where did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. You're going to get that letter that you're your get grandpa that got. This is going to be bad news. Yeah, five years you haven't filed. So that's five years times 800, 4,000 plus interest, plus filing those five years, plus having to pay me to file those five years where you didn't do anything. So all of a sudden this turns into a nightmare. Yeah. You know, and so people are just like head in the sand, head in the sand. They don't want to operate anymore. Yeah. I'm sort of guilty of that. I will admit that um, <laughs> I'm so busy, you know, in my business. Um, I don't spend enough time working on the business. Yeah. But it's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you in because I think a lot of people who are watching can probably relate. It's like we're all, you know we're hustling out there. Yeah, yeah. We're getting new clients. We're making stuff. You know, we're making videos and, and TV commercials and documentary films. And it's like, oh man, I got a shoebox full of receipts. Yeah, nobody I haven't filed anything. <laughs> got to get caught up on my tax return. You know, it's it's just not what I do well. So I respect you know guys like you who you know help me get my house in order. Right, right. Get it dialed. Yeah. And I think that's that's probably the other part where now we're talking we talked about accounting, we talked about legal, then the other part is tax. You gotta file your tax return. Yeah. So you gotta do all this stuff, right? That just that's just to stay in business, right? Like that's before you even have to go make money to stay in business. You have to have all that stuff in order. So yeah. I think it's really important for people to understand that. Yeah. And the codes always seem to be changing. There's like always something new. Yeah. And you know, how do, I keep up, how do I keep up with that? We, we try our best, you know, to like update our people with different things as they come up. But it is sometimes like a moving target. You know, you benefit this way, you don't benefit that way. So, yeah, um, yeah it's really hard. Plus, you have to do that with each different customer has a different way of responding to the things that you tell them. Some customers are like, cool, where do I write the check? Other customers are like, oh my gosh, this is, what, I need to know everything about it. And some customers are like, yeah, whatever, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm taking a deep sigh because there's a lot, a lot I want to ask you. Um, so there's a lot of accounting options out there. Yeah. Um, 
I used to be on QuickBooks, then I tried Quicken, and then I tried this and I tried that. Right. I know you've got your own proprietary thing called SyncBooks. Yeah. But like, what's some general recommendations about bookkeeping? How do we, how do we keep it straight? How do I throw that shoebox full of receipts away? I think it's, so that shoebox, okay. So there's always this answer in, in, in all these different softwares. And I've, you know, I've gone to Twitter battles with other people about what they think, right? So that shoebox, in my opinion, is something that you should always save. Okay. In my opinion, for at least three to six years. Okay. Depends how, how, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just giving you best practices, not three years is probably good practices. Six years is probably best practices okay. for a couple of different reasons. But there's all these other options. Take a picture, upload it with these different apps and things like that. Okay, yeah. That becomes tedious if you have stuff all day. I'm just telling you, like, it doesn't matter how good you are. Oh, I know. Yeah. If you're like, you know, you go here and then you go buy some equipment at you know like the 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 camera store then you go have a meeting with a client for food yeah and then you order some stuff on amazon all of a sudden you're like you're an admin yeah yeah well and then we flew to new york to meet yeah. with gary v and shoot and right. we did that. it's like and then we went to dinner was that a business meal was that you know right it's, so it's it becomes this whole thing so yeah. in my opinion it's good to just save the shoebox, right yeah and in your ledger when you're doing your bookkeeping you just you know, you categorize it and you create a CYA file, which I hope people know what CYA is. You're a small business entrepreneur. You better have a CYA file for everything, right? Yeah. So you just save it, right? Um, I had someone who, gosh, I mean, I was very surprised at, 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 you know, some people raise money and they're not very too in tune with the way things actually work. But gentlemen that raise a lot of money, we were having a Twitter battle with my friend, uh, my other Twitter friend, and he was saying that sort of you save the receipts in order to prevent an audit. And I was trying to understand his reasoning. And, and, and I'm like, you don't get audited because you don't have your receipts. Yeah. <laughs> because he, part of uh, a new feature that they had was like, oh, sync your receipts to the ledger, which was a tedious feature. But I'm like, you don't need to do that. Uh, you only need it if you get audited. Otherwise, right. or if you're doing some other stuff within your own team. That, that Again, those are internal things, but you don't need it to, you just categorize it and that's it, right? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, when I think about like what you need, it's like all you need is if you look at the IRS internal revenue code under 5 million pen and paper is good enough. So all of us, QuickBooks, SyncBooks, for, we are all high end yeah. quality Excel. It's overkill. Yeah. We're Excel. Yeah. Right. And so I can do all the work of all these companies on Excel, just like I could do my own work in Excel. What we do is we make it easier to flow. Yeah. Then we create different sub accounts and all these different things. It's automated. Sync to your bank account. Yeah. Sync to your bank account. Yeah. We do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it really is a very advanced Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Everything. Pivot tables. Yeah. So if you're good on Excel and you can get that, you can make it work anyway. Right. So yeah. And yeah. if you got a family business, yeah. you know, uh, your wife's making all the money. Yeah. You know, you can be the guy who puts in all the da data and, you know, yeah. it can be your job and you just go, go to town. Yeah. And that's sort of where, like, I got to be where I'm at today was submitting my Excel spreadsheets to the IRS chief counsel. Okay. And then looking at my Excel spreadsheets and saying, damn, Eastside, this is really good. <laughs> yeah. And before my audits would take so much time, now my... Uh, I would give this paperwork to the IRS or these Excel files yeah. and they'd be like, check this out, Eastside. What I'm going to do is you can, we can be done for today. Remember, this used to be hours. Yeah. 20 minutes in, they'd be like, you can go home today. What we're going to do is we're going to sample a couple of hundred transactions and if everything matches for these hundred, because thousands, right? Then we're just going to give you credit for everything. We're not going to challenge it. It was that good. And then it just kept happening. Kept happening. Now, like I had a system with all the IRS agents 
they kind of just knew what I was doing and they were just happy with it. So that's where my uh, uh, startup origin story comes from where I was like, why don't I just do this? Yeah. Because this is good enough for any of these softwares are good enough. So why don't I just do one that basically syncs the P&L to the tax return? Sync books, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Super smart. And I think that's what, at least, you know, that's what I was looking for is I want someone who's professional, who knows what they're doing, but who's also going to be like that pit bull for me right. and go to battle with the IRS if that's what sure. you know, yeah. needs to happen. Right. If they come after me for false pretenses yeah. or uh, I get accidentally red flagged for something just randomly, you know, uh, yeah, you, I want someone you who you got to understand, that's like where, that's where I'm ready. Yeah. Right? I mean, I literally, you know, here's the crazy part. When the IRS is hiring somebody, true story, they'll call me and say, hey, do you know this person? True story. Like one of the managers will call me and say, hey, I'm thinking of, I know you've interacted with them and I'll say either I know them or I'll say, you know, or if I don't like them, I'll say, hey, you know, I got no comment. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And we were looking for the inside track. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just fear-based, right? Sure, sure. You know, and it may be uh, justified or unjustified because, you know, the IRS is a scary entity yeah. for some people because it's mainly unknown. Let, let me tell you when it's the scariest, when they make a mistake. Mm. when they make a mistake and you are like on God you're like there's no way this is an error and you're right but the IRS is challenging you right that's scary because IRS they'll admit once they find the error but in that meantime you will freak out because you're like how do they not know that this is an error right and because they just haven't gotten to like basically doing the work yet yeah I didn't win the lottery yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about what's an example of something that's happened <sighs> I had someone um, perfect one because I was ready for litigation on this one. So we, we had someone who won a lawsuit and the IRS was challenging it as far as like taxing the full amount. Oh, so they got a settlement. They got a settlement. Okay. Somebody won a settlement and the IRS was challenging it and saying, you need to pay tax on all this money. Well, I said, no, they, no, they don't have to because this rule says that you can take off a part of the money, only this part of the money should be taxed. Oh, so they were taxing the gross, the not gross, the net, not the net. Okay. Because there's new rules that where you can tax the gross, right? So, but for this particular case, you cannot tax the gross, mm -hmm. right? And so I'm going against somebody that I'm cool with on the other side, and he's challenging me, <laughs> and I'm I can't even sleep. I'm not kidding because yeah. I'm so angry because they don't see my my case law. Right. I even called someone from like who wrote an article six years ago from the IRS, wrote instructions to chief counsel to give me or my client this kind of credit. Right. And I talked to him on the phone and he actually picked up. He still worked at the IRS, I found his number. And he's like, yeah, that's kind of a weird thing why he would do that, why they're challenging you, right? And like, so preparing for litigation, we're about three days from litigation and I'm like, I'm huffing and puffing. I mean, I'm ang I'm like not kidding. I can't even eat and you look at me, I, I eat. And three days before he calls me, he's like, hey bro, I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? And he's like, um, so I spoke to the national offices and I, you're right. You know, <laughs> he's like, you're right. You know, he's like, you are, this is the way that it functions, you know? So actually that makes me feel pretty good. Yeah. That they uh, would concede that they yeah. made a mistake. Yep. And that's, that's great. Yeah. It's great and, news, actually. Yeah, no, it is good because, I mean, I was surprised because the manager is very sophisticated. I know the manager. Yeah. You know, and... Um, but, you know, they called, because he was saying, like, I have to challenge. And he was giving me, like, really bad deals. He's like, you gotta, if you do this, I'll give you that. I'm like, no, I'm going to litigate. Right. You know? And he's like, and, and so, yeah, but he, I finally, he can see, I told him, I'm going to win. 
letting you know I'm going to beat you yeah. on like Monday. I'm going to beat you because yeah. I have all this case law. I'm telling you I'm going to win. Yeah. And finally, he called like on the Thursday. <laughs> I finally ate. That was so bad, you know. Uh, but stuff like that. I've litigated yeah. against my friends from the IRS too or people that I'm really cool with. Yeah. We just, it was a factual issue, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah see, this just makes me so happy because I, even though all these years later after starting my business, you know, we've been doing what we're doing for 12 years now, maybe yep. 13. I started in basically 2008, so it's, it's been more than a decade. But I still feel like that underdog. I still yeah. feel, you know, we're not, we're not Elon Musk, right? Sure, so people sure. can try to take advantage of us. Yeah. Um, fortunately, we haven't, knock on wood, had any IRS problems. But yeah. it's nice to know that there's people out there like you who will fight for people like me. Oh, absolutely. I'm always ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, talk to me more about um, how I should get my house in order. You know, more of these things that I should know. I'm sure that there's like never a one-size-fits-all tax strategy. No. It depends on, you know, are you a company more than one? Um, you know, where are you doing business? What state? All these different variables. But right. talk to, you know, people like me about what, again, what we should be thinking about. With respect to a tax strategy for a small business? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important to sort of have your, like, what is your income coming in? That's always number one, right? What are the kind of people have this weird thing where like oh it's a it's a it's a tax deduction it's a tax deduction don't spend five thousand dollars for a something that's going to net you thirteen hundred dollars if you don't need that five thousand dollar thing okay this is a good example yeah so um, I don't own one of these but a lot of these like founders who will start new companies. They buy this certain kind of vehicle. I think it's a, a G-Wagon. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do know what a G-Wagon is. Yeah. Uh, and it's because it's under a certain weight class. Yeah, the 6,000 over... That you can write this thing off. You can write it off over six six or over. You right. can do either one. Right. Depends what the vehicles you use for. So this, yeah. is, this is sort of like a... You know, these are first world problems. Sure. Right? sure. <laughs> like, I, I'm not buying a G-Wagon anytime soon. Yeah. But I see these people buying G-Wagons and going... No problem. It's a write-off. I mean, yeah. you still have to buy the thing, right. but you get the write-off. How yeah. does that work? Is that real? I mean, okay. So I guess Tesla would fit in that same category. Yeah. So a Tesla or any of those cars fit in those same categories. But yeah. the car, it must be ordinary and necessary. Depending on what sort of level of entity you are, there's sort of like fringe benefits that you can get, but some of them may be taxable, right? So tech just startup really then. Let's say tech startup. Tech startup. A lot of these tech startup friends have these G-Wagons. So, okay. So tech startup. Let me, let me go from a tech startup. Is it going to be ordinary and necessary? The G-Wagon? Probably not. I'll be honest with you. Right. Probably I don't need not. to put all my stuff in the yeah, back. Yeah, it has to be ordinary. We're not going over. Yeah. yeah. But then you have leases and things like that, which could be deductible. I mean, yeah. they really can be, right? So How about entertaining clients or client meetings? You could say it's a fancier car. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because when you think I, there's people that have litigated like even clothing, right? So they're sure. like, I need this really fancy clothes yeah. for... You know, for some event. Yeah. But the IRS has this rule that if you can wear it on the street, basically then it's not tax deductible. Right? So it's kind of interesting, right? So I had this woman who was an artist one time who had like a $15,000 gown. Okay. And the IRS challenged it. And I'm like, is she going to wear that gown to freaking Trader Joe's? Okay. And they gave it to her. They actually let her do this. She's a singer. Oh, because it's not ordinary. Yeah. It was, it's not something you can wear on the street. But they were like, because she bought a $15,000 gown, had the receipt. Yeah. And I was just thinking, okay, so I've got a, I've got a really big presentation. I'm presenting, you know, uh, a big client yeah. f- uh, for funding. Sure. Maybe it's, you know, 
$2 million for a film. Sure. And instead of going to the men's warehouse and getting a $60 sport coat, yeah. I go to Armani yeah. and I get the 800 one. Is that fair and reasonable? Probably 8000 if you go to like really, really up sure. there. Sure. Well, let's let's just say, you know, yeah. $800 okay. uh, sport coat. Ordinary, necessary. Not, they're not going to fly. That's not going to fly? You can, wear that, you can wear that out. Maybe not on the street, but you can wear it out. Right. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a one-night performance only gown. Yeah. If, if you had to wear a costume, like a real costume, okay. like $800 Tyrannosaurus Rex costume that you bought to like surprise the founder or whatever, you know, the investor because you were trying to be silly about okay. some Web3 stuff you were doing. Fine. <laughs> Guess what? It would be deductible. Yeah. How about if I want to like parachute into the uh, courtyard of the I would founder. say that's not ordinary necessary. <laughs> Those are the two things, right? But it's part of the presentation. It's part like, of the presentation might be it. Like if you were going to be selling those kind of experiences, yeah. I could see that being 100%. I'm, I'm selling the goggles that uh, I'm going to pitch this person. It really, it, like if those goggles were to be used for things like that, like, yeah. uh, for, you know, like those kind of activities that are like, you know, I forget what they're called, but like, like extreme. Yeah. Very possible. It okay. would be very possible. Yeah. You'd be surprised the kind of things that you can deduct as long as it flows in that kind of a business. So if if I'm working with someone like you, uh, what what is that person called who is like, so I know what you do. You're a tax yeah. attorney. But like, so if someone lives in, uh, and I know you're servicing clients yeah. nationally, internationally probably sure. as well. But let's say hypothetically someone's not working with you. Oh, that's fine because I'm not talking to you. <laughs> let's say someone is not working with you directly, but they want to find someone like you in, in their neighborhood, in their part of the world. Sure. What should they be looking for? Tax attorney, CPA, H&R Block? I mean, what, what okay. should we watch out? So they're going to need a couple of different things, right? Yeah. So bookkeeper, that's one thing. Some kind of legal something, even legal zoom, really something legal. Just if you're going to incorporate and do stuff like that. Okay, just to set up the structure. Yeah, set up the structure, right. but also like, you know, for example, you are doing you know, a film and you're going to be hiring vendors and you're going to be a vendor. Right. So maybe having a contract, right. Buying one contract, like fine. Like let's say you have one, but maybe you can hire a lawyer reasonably priced that can help you edit it. Hey, look, I'm going to be filming people and I just want to make sure that everything looks good on this. You know, I hire lawyers too. You know what I'm saying? I've hired lawyers for terms and conditions. Yeah. Different, different things. Right. So point. Yeah. So a bookkeeper, some sort of maybe, um, uh, some attorney for, yeah. For terms and agreements and others. Yeah. You know, things housekeeping like that. You things. want to have that. Yeah. And then a, a legally binding, you yeah. know, structure of something. Yep. Yep. Okay. And, um, and, I, and I think like the, the like I said, the bookkeeping, uh, accounting piece is probably important to figure out what does your entity need, right? So I sometimes have people that, they made $20,000. I'm not going to try to sell you when you only made $20,000. You don't need... A bookkeeper, in my opinion, at the moment. Yeah, you said you write it down with pen and paper. Yeah, pen and paper. Type it in Excel. Or just use a bookkeeping software, anyone. You can use mine, you can use a different one. Yeah. Use something, have it in one place, and then go from there. Yeah. But you need that. And so the bookkeeper may not also do tax preparation. So you, right. So those are two different things. That's or they been can my experience, too. A yeah. bookkeeper just keeps the books. Yeah. For, yeah. For some, right? So some are different. Some CPA firms do everything. Some bookkeeping firms do everything. Some okay. tax firms do everything. Just kind of depends where you're at in the arena. But you want to know if that person's going to do it for you at the end of the year. Because if they're not, you want to know that right away. Because you, you don't want to be scrambling yeah. for your tax person. Because right now, I can tell you, all my friends, accountant, tax lawyer, swamp. Right. Swamp. Yeah. Everyone is swamp. Hey, do you want this client? 
double the price, can't do it. Yeah. Don't have any room for them. Yeah. Until when? Is it April or May? No, no, no. I mean, people have been swamped since like June. Oh, wow. Okay. Like all my friends. Hey, are you taking new clients? What do they need? Oh, this is only a couple thousand dollars? I'm good. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Right? And why is that happening? Because of what happened with the pandemic and the, all these government programs and all these different things where it's kind of become like this really hard thing. Hey, people hire me for a thousand dollars an hour. Wow. Just, I'm like, you know, I'm going to play golf. I'm going to hang out today. Hey, I need to see you right now. You know, we, we, in my private practice, I bill at 500 bucks an hour. And so I'm like, you know, can we wait till Tuesday, Saturday morning? And I'm like, I just want to play golf. I really had, you know, I was like really excited. Yeah. The kids were gone. Wife was gone. Yeah. And the guy's like, how much is it going to cost me to meet you right now? I'm like, I'm like, he's like, I'll pay you a thousand bucks an hour to, to, to review my stuff right now because I'm free. He couldn't sleep. Yeah. He called me Saturday morning, 7 a.m. Yeah. Right. So it's a crazy time. So when you're thinking about hiring professionals right now, it's, it's start sooner rather than later. Get ahead of it. Yeah. Get ahead of it. So you're going to start your business. Find your bookkeeper, find your accountant, find your tax person, find your legal person. It's, it's, it's something that's going to be very important. So you got you to get all that. In order. Okay, more to it. So the, how do we vet that person? How, you know, how do we know easy. if they... Okay. Easy. Use stuff like Yelp. Okay. Use stuff like Google, like reviews. Use stuff like that. Be, you know, talk to them. Feel them out. Like, you know, I, I'm good at talking to people because of how I grew up, right? I have four degrees, right? I have two law degrees. I have two graduate degrees. People in my arena do not talk really well with other people. They're really awkward and they make people uncomfortable sometimes, right? Yeah. And so I have where I can talk to people and be friendly and all that stuff. Yeah. So you go, as I'm hearing this more in the professional setting, if you vibe with someone, yeah. that's gonna be the kind of person you wanna work with. Okay. Look at the reviews. You can see when they don't respond to people. People are like, this person is awful. They took my money, then stopped responding to me right away. You don't wanna work with someone like that. Look, everyone's busy, I get it. But you'd be surprised how many people hiring me right now saying, I've been dealing with this bookkeeper that literally took my money and hasn't called me back. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Total bummer. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Good advice. Um, what else you got? So, you know, I think like when I think about like what people are, are doing right now, it's, um, it's a good time to start a business. I was reading this article from, I, I think it's pipe.com. They have this thing where I think they... They look through your revenue and then they give you a loan, right? So we've had the highest grossing, or excuse me, the highest small business growth ever recently. Yeah, and they're predicting from 2022 to the next couple of years, what is it, like 18 million new small businesses? Yeah, it was, are it was insane. I mean, it's almost like what happened during the recession, yep. 2008. That's right. that's right when I left. I cut the cord to my big job at the studios. Yep. I became, I jumped out there. I had no idea, by the way, yeah. that the recession was coming. Sure. I, like an idiot, you know, <laughs> jumped out of a perfectly good airplane yeah. without a parachute. But um, it worked out. Yeah. But yeah, it's happening again. Yeah. And so like when you see that, you're going to have so many people that are going to need so much help, right? Yeah. There's a lot of resources out there. So I would always say, as I teach my students as a professor uh, at Pepperdine, um, gosh, you know, just start at Google. Google is such a great tool. Google stuff that you don't know. I teach my employees Google stuff you don't know. Yeah. Right. It's like there's such a huge learning lesson in like yeah. how to start a business. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, how to do payroll. What does all this stuff do? There's all these like little resources that are really helpful. Yeah. There's people that are trying to, in a good way, monetize that to like sort of help you um, start from A to Z. Yeah. And, and Z being the actual time that you launch, versus A to Z being this. Okay, start. You know. Okay, incorporate. No, 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 no. That should be at Z. 
Yeah. Right? You're preaching to the choir. I go to YouTube for everything. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> you know. want to fix something? Go yeah. to YouTube. How to trim my dog's nails and yeah. how to start a business. And right. It's all right there. Yeah. So okay. it's there, there's so that's a huge, legit. Yeah, it's a huge learning lesson. So for me, it's like do your research. Do your own research before you go anywhere. Be mindful of the people that are trying to sell you. Because so once you start researching, a lot of people are going to find your email from you you know, uh, maybe requesting a tutorial or something. Yeah, or registering your company. Registering your company. And people are going to yeah. blow you up, try to sell you stuff. Be mindful. Some are good, but for the most part, my experience has been not very good with people that cold call you for trying to sell you stuff. Yeah. Be mindful where you spend your money. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, you know, even myself as a lawyer, I've been burned before hiring companies that didn't do. I've hired lawyers that were awful. Yeah. I hired a trademark lawyer that was terrible. Yeah. Then I went to my other friend. It's a great trademark lawyer. Yeah. I right? know a guy too if you need a review. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So uh, so I have some of my own advice too, just from my own experience, sure. which is I think it's really important to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. <laughs> and, and to delegate to the experts. So, you know, you and, I, you and I have had a lot of discussions off camera and I have admitted, and it's obvious, that I'm, I'm not good at bookkeeping. I don't like bookkeeping. <laughs> I would rather delegate that to the professionals. Sure. Um, you helped get me set up on an automated system. It's working great. It's synced to my um, bank account, the P&L, and it's working beautifully. Uh, but I think you know, the, if I could give some advice from this side of the fence, it would be get real with what you're good at, what you're not good at. And it's generally good business advice too when you're building a company, which is if you can hire someone to do the job that you know um, they can do to free you yourself up to do the other stuff. That's how you grow a business. That's how you find profitability. You find people who are, are great at what they do, little experts, and then off you go. Yeah. So bookkeeping, tax law, structure, <laughs> you know, articles of incorporation. You know, just I just want to push it off my plate sure. and give it to. Them. I don't, it's the same reason I don't mind at all paying for someone to change the oil in my car. Yep. Can I do it? Yes. Is it a pain? Absolutely. Do I love doing it? No. So the same thing with my taxes. I would rather just give it to an expert so then I can sort of set it and forget it. I think that's what people don't understand sometimes. It's kind of like, you know, um, I know people that are doctors, lawyers, and their books are a disaster. Yeah. Right? And I'll tell them, I'm like, I'm like, hey, what's going on here? And they're like, I'll be honest with you, dude. Like... No idea. <laughs> just been, I saw what the other guy was doing and I just kept doing the same thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you made like $4 million and this is, this is awful. And they're like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like, why didn't you hire someone? They're like, not only did I hire them, they screwed everything up and then I screwed it up worse. So yeah. I think it's really important when we're talking about vetting is hiring people to do those things because once, guess who never hired me as a, as a, as a tax lawyer? It's people that had a good CPA or a good bookkeeper. I can tell you, I've done probably a couple hundred audits in my career, like face-to-face uh, -face with the IRS. I've had maybe two audits from CPA or a good bookkeeper where the person was there from, from the beginning to the end where the books were not wrong. And one actually got a refund of like $30,000, you know? And so it's rare when you find a good teammate that's gonna, that you're going to have those issues. And if those issues come up and they stick with you, guarantee you, you're not going to have any issues, which is why when I do my work, I guarantee audit protection because I know my clients are not going to get audited. And if they do, work's teed up. We're ready to rock and roll. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what makes like a lot of the stuff that I do different because I already know I'm coming from worst case scenario already. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But is there anything informationally like value based information that we should talk about before we conclude? No, I think you, you, 
your questions were like literally, they, they couldn't have been better. I'll be honest with you. Because anything else that I talk about is going to be just boring accounting stuff that nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? What they care about is hiring someone like me. Yeah. How do I not get audited? Yeah. Three things, right, that I've found. I've gotten in front of hundreds of people over the last few months. I got to tell you, everyone was like, when I first started, all these idiot VCs that were like, just wanted to fill dead air, were telling me, no one's going to switch from SyncBooks to QuickBooks. I mean, from QuickBooks to SyncBooks. And I was like, I mean, they're smart people. And I'm like, I believe them. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But then I was like, I believe that. So I, I actually put those people out of my, 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 my view because I'm like, well, out of my arena because I'm like, they're not going to sign up. So why would I waste my time? Spoken to hundreds of people, signed up like I think over like 30 people over the last few months for, for SyncBooks. Not one of them has complained about switching. What they complain about, two things. Too expensive or you're not local to me, right? And so that whole thing where I'm like, why did I believe that? Right. Right. What, here's, let me tell you the three things that my customers care about sort of reputation, skill set, like that whole one thing, right? Are you my guy? Are you the person? Are you the team? That's good for me. Communication. Are you going to be talking to me or is it going to be hard to get a hold of you, right? And the third is affordability. That's it. They don't care about anything else, I know. right? They don't care if you're using, if you told them you were using Excel, they'd be like, okay, are you good on Excel? Right. Yeah. Okay. How much is that going to cost per month? Oh, I don't have to pay for Excel. That's great. Right. Right. So it's like this whole different thing that I've learned and the confidence that I've developed over the last few months. You know, I actually just hired a full-time sales guy um, who's doing sync books because our leads are coming in like crazy. It's like a whole different arena. Like, I, I got to tell you, Spaceship right now. Like, literally just started blowing up. It's amazing. Yeah, so I'm really stoked about where I'm at, but that's, I mean, again, that's gimmicky stuff, but that's, those are the three things that my customer cares about. Skill set, yeah. reliability, reputation. I'll say reputation, um, uh, communication and affordability. Yeah. Three Before days. you talked to the VCs, you could have came to me. I could have talked to you about brand strategy <laughs> and and yeah. price strategy. Right. I could have told you those things. That no, I, I, I'm an idiot. I because I listen to VCs instead of actual operators. Because my pivot came from listening to other business owners instead of VCs. Mm -hmm. When I started listening, like you're a business owner, you're yeah. an operator. You know, like okay, people could say shit. You're like you don't know that. Yeah. Branding. Absolutely. I had another friend who's a branding guy. He worked at Snap and all that stuff. Yeah. And he was like, you got to act like a billion dollar business. That's what he kept telling me for your brand. He said, like, you got to act like a billion, like you're already a billion dollar business. Yeah. Well, you got SaaS. Right. You're on your way. Yeah. So it, 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 I'm, I'm at a good, good, now I'm talking to VCs and I'm more like, so what do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. That really is. Yeah. It's yeah. really like that. I'm like, well, they still might sandbag you and say, that's not an interesting business. Yeah. I can't get quadruple or 10x valuation. Oh, so. I, I, I see the path to the billion at the moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. any kind of SaaS business where you just kind of set it and forget it. Yeah. Because uh, it's only going to get better as you yep. improve the code. Oh, 100%. Uh, like, it is. But that, that's, that, that product story reminds me of, um, you know those people that if you get a crack in your front Windshield. Yeah. Safe light. Safe light. Reminds me of Safe Light. Because actually, uh, I was driving on the 405. A rock from a truck hit my window. I just and I had got, that happen not too long ago. I got to crack this long. Yeah. Um, but if I take it into the dealership, it's like $1,200. Yeah. Maybe $2,000. Because I have a like Mercedes, Mercedes yeah. C Class. Uh, if I call State Light, it's like 300 So do I care if it's a Mercedes uh, OEM uh, windshield? No. Right. Why? 
because it's utility. Yeah. And no one's going to know from looking at it, right? No. It's the same thing with SyncBooks and QuickBooks yeah. and Quicken. Does it work? Right. Yes. Does it work well? Yeah. Yes. Do you use it? Yeah. Do Do you know how to use it well? And will it protect me against the IRS? Yes. Check all the boxes. I couldn't care less. That That's it. Right? People don't understand. There's no loyalty to Intuit. No. <laughs> there's none. Who cares? Yeah. There's They're, they're just the, what everybody knows. Yeah. You and, know? and they're just trying to make it easy too, right? Yeah. And that's why a lot of their, um, they have a lost leader program, which is use it for free. Yeah. This whole year. Yeah. You know, we don't care. We're fine. But they're trying to get you in the system into the Intuit brand. Yep. Which is smart. They're trying yeah, to see the market. Yeah. They're, they're big daddy. Because they got TurboTax and yeah. they got, you know, all these other products that they could upsell you Yeah, they're big you daddy for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, honestly, the consumer, we just want it to work. Yeah. It's yeah. like McDonald's. Yeah. Like, do you want McDonald's? No, you rather go to the. You want In and Out. You want the better burger. Yeah. But if it's around, you're, it's the only thing. Or you're gonna do it. You're gonna be like, all right, I'll get cheeseburger and fries. I know what it's gonna taste like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, even that's not really even a fair comparison because SyncBooks is as good or better. Yeah. Than the big boys product. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't say that about the. No, I'm saying I'm In and Out. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that about the yeah. cheeseburger. I mean, right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Good stuff, man. Yeah. Good job. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. I mean, we were just sitting back, you know, <laughs> chopping it up, reminiscing about the good old days and all that, <laughs> you know, tracking my roots, where I came from and where I'm going. But like I say, man, always said it, it's not about the destination, it's all about the journey. Ain't nothing changed but the weather. The dangling carrot that hang from the rear view. Uh-huh. Your dreams in the past ain't nowhere near you. Backseat drivers got nothing but two cents. Shotgun riders too biased, they all liars. I should get an A for effort, I'm too tired. But I'm never giving up, that's why I'm kinda admired. Role model, like it or not, I gotta play it. Sugarcoat the rhyme sometimes, but still say it. Said I was quitting at 40, is just a fib. I'm still a kid that's wiping the food off of my bib. You ever wanted something so bad that you could taste it? Cried over everything. Every opportunity wasted Good and bad news Which one you want first Either way you pick the bad Still gonna hurt you the worst I never got the bask In the fruits of the label And I never got the cash From that dude from the label I'm just thinking back I would have did it the same.